I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the aftermath, aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And, and this, this is, is not medical advice. Well, hello. Hello. Hello to you. So um, some of you might have noticed that we added a little something to the front. We did. And um, we did this because some people weren't sure who we were, what we did. <laughs> and they reached out and they were like, hey, it took me several like episodes to figure out who you were and if you even had any cred. Right. So we had to say, well, we have some cred. A little. We're not the experts in everything, but yeah. we are the experts in some things. Yeah, we are. And um, we just uh, want to make sure that everybody knows we're not here giving you medical advice yes. because everybody's um, story is a little different and your provider is going to know your nuances of your situation the best. But this is just like base information. Yeah. Yeah. Something to start with. Yeah. So um, we. Okay. That's why we did that. Yes. So you're like, oh, that was different. That was different, yeah. but we thought we made it a little fun. <laughs> yeah, we try. We try to be fun most of the time. Yeah. So what else is happening? What other things do we need to talk about? Oh, well, um, when we're when you are listening to this episode, school will be over. <laughs> and I will be headed to Texas later this afternoon, which will be awesome. Do you know what? What? I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, too. You can't leave. I'm going to. You mustn't. <laughs> I'm gonna go okay, fine. See my mom. You I, know, that's a reason to leave. And my grandma. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good to see them. Yeah, it will be really nice. It's going to be great. And also, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like zero leaves on the trees. It's the middle of May, and it doesn't even feel like summer. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be a Debbie Downer. I know. You know what? I just got a discounted flowers. You remember how I didn't get my starts in and yeah. I was really bummed about it because yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm just going to have a flowerless yes. summer. Yeah. Well, I went to the a local store and they had these kind of sad looking hanging baskets that, with mixed flowers yeah. um, and some geraniums at half off, 50% okay. off. I'm like, really? I just need to dehead these and give right. them a little nour nourishment. Yeah. And, yeah, I got them for 50% off. And baskets around here. Did they come back to life? Oh, yeah. Did they come back to life? Yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. great deal. They're going to be great. I keep bringing them in and out of the house. Yeah, hanging baskets are very expensive. There's, they're insane here, like $60 to $80. It's but wild. these were marked at $44, mm -hmm. and I got them 50% off, what plus two $10 off coupons. So wow. I got four hanging baskets and three little geraniums that my daughter wants to plant for like 60 bucks. Wow. I know. That's a great deal. I'm just real excited about it. Well, next year I'm in charge of graduation. Oh my, my gosh. Why class. do you do this to yourself? I know. Well, I, because they, didn't have, <laughs> they did not have an advisor. So I was talking to some of the current juniors and, you know, they were telling, and I had already said no to multiple people about being the class advisor. I did it for my daughter's class. It's a tremendous amount of work. And then I was going to do it with my son's class, but I was like, well, he's not even interested in the dances and stuff, but my daughter was involved in that. So it was kind of something we could do together and he don't care. He's just trying to graduate. And, but I have such a great 
group of juniors and we were sitting around and they were telling me after I'd already told them no, they're like, well, we don't have an advisor. And I was like, well, I guess I'll do it. Cause how, they got to have someone who loves them to do this stuff. You're so sweet. So anyway, I'm in charge of graduation next year and fall. It'll be, it'll be great. It's going to be great. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's so but, stressful for me. I just got angina. But, <laughs> but one of the things that we have to do is get flowers for graduation. So I was talking to one of my students who will be a senior next year and she works at one of the local greenhouses. <gasps> oh, and perfect. she talks about all these flowers, different types. And I was like, you know, we'll save a lot of money if we can grow our own and make our own baskets. Yes. So I was like, you know, but what if we fail? We kind of talked about that. And, but I'm just, I think we'll be fine. We're going to try to grow all of our own flowers for the hanging baskets. I about. think that's, that's fine. Yeah. We'll see. And if you need help, I know a man. Oh yeah, that's right. Who's very capable. And, and we might enlist him actually. Yeah. We'll you know what? He would, for us. it would just, you know, make him happy. He would like that. It would probably float him up a little, Okay, you know? Okay. And he'll be like, people need me. I will. I'm needed. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to keep that in mind. Okay. I'm going to mm -hmm. need all the people. Yeah. And he's got a green thumb. He can make anything I live. Know. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, that was oh. a lot of what was going on. What else? Do you yeah. Have? So also remember we have this giveaway. Yes, we do. And we have a couple of submissions. Yeah. Oh, very good. And um, we are still doing this giveaway until the end of the month, remember? Yep. And so don't forget to send your stories. Yeah. You want to get some free merch. Yeah. You can go to the show notes, which is like if you scroll up on the information on each episode, there's a link. You can just hit that because yeah. that's real easy. I know. It took or, us a while to figure that out. <laughs> you could go to www.theaos411.com to submit your story. That's it. Yeah. Cool. So Megan's diving in to this crazy big topic. And um, she told me she was doing this. I'm like, really? You yeah. are? And she didn't realize I had no idea. This is the um, adventure she was embarking on. Yep. This. Wow. This is a lot. Um, yeah. So polycystic ovarian syndrome. And PCOS. <laughs> there is so much actually. Um, our, I, my sources are not super long because one of this, like the list of sources isn't very long because one of the sources was a textbook. There's a whole entire textbook on PCOS. Yeah. So I got a lot of information from that. It was an online textbook. She um, read it all 400 I, pages. I did not. I, I, I did not, <laughs> but I did try to uh, glean a little from it. Anyway, so there's a lot. I'm going to, uh, this is going to be a two-parter, kind of like the cesarean um, episode where we'll talk about the history because it's wild and there's confusing. I don't know. I, we were just talking about being credible and um, I've got contradictory sources to, to tell you about, but I'll explain a little more when I get there. And then um, episode two will be like all the information that you would want to know about polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So poly means many, just for any of the any of yes. those that don't know. And then cystic is referring to cysts. So this is going to be lots of cysts um, within the ovaries, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, what is the difference between a syndrome and a disease? Why isn't it called polycystic ovarian disease? Well, I'll tell you. There's, oh. Yeah. So um, I was looking at this article in the American Medical Informatics Association. That was a lot of words for me to pull out. Yes. Um, in this article titled Diagnoses, Syndromes, and Diseases, a Knowledge Representation Problem. So I was like, well, this is a really great place to get this good definition. I'm going to quote this definition. 
Um, a syndrome is a recognizable complex of symptoms and physical findings which indicate a specific condition for which a direct cause is not necessarily understood. Oh. I know. And so that, I didn't actually know the difference between the two. I'll I get, yeah. Yourself, but that, okay, yeah. And then once medical science identifies a causative agent or process with a fairly high degree of certainty, physicians may then refer to the process as a disease, not a syndrome. So interesting. I that was really interesting. I'm well, going to think about that in the future as I, you know. Yeah. Explain things in, in, that are unexplainable. Yeah, exactly. All right. So um, there is, all, there because this isn't totally understood, it's hard to treat. It's hard to diagnose. It's just very, there's a lot to it. You mm -hmm. know, I kind of think, think about it a little bit. It reminded me of endometriosis and kind of all the different things going on with that. There's just a lot to it. Um, and so there's active like clinical trials happening for all different kinds of things, treatments and stuff. There's mm -hmm. lots of studies happening. So I'm sure that, um, you know, there'll be developments in the future, hopefully that will help women, um, manage this better because it can be quite devastating. Once they yeah. Figure it out. Okay. Well, let's just dive into the history. Yes. So well, let's go back to 1721. Um, an Italian physician and naturalist by the name of Balasneri um, described a condition of abnormal ovaries in a woman. He described her as infertile, so unable to have children, with shiny white pigeon-sized ovaries. Well, how big is a pigeon egg? <laughs> a pig, pigeon egg-sized? The size of a pigeon egg. Have you ever seen a pigeon egg? Have I seen a pigeon? I've seen a pigeon. I'm kidding. <laughs> so no, I, I haven't. Like, I have no idea. I have chickens, so I know what size of chicken. Well, we all mostly know what size chicken eggs are, but they're not as big as a chicken egg. Okay. Yeah. They're anywhere from three to six centimeters and about half the size of a common chicken egg, <laughs> depending on the breed. And so a normal size ovary would be like the size of an almond. Yeah. Like the mm -hmm. size of an almond to, let's see, a, you know, like. Two to two by three centimeters or something uh -huh. like that. So I would say I was trying to picture this. I actually did mm -hmm. the research into pigeon eggs and looking at different things. Oh like my that gosh! I'm just like I just need to understand did it you, a little better. Did you source your or cite your source for pigeon egg sizing? Oh, I'm know. just I'm just kidding. Way to call me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't think I did. I just probably got it from Wikipedia. I don't know. Anyway. You know, that's what pops up very first. You always got to scroll past the first thing that pops up. Anyway. She's joking. I am joking. In case anybody's other like, these girls, <laughs> they'd be reaching off, researching off of the Wikipedia. We, we are I not. ever done that. No. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it seems like it was, it could be up to double the size of a normal ovary. Yeah. From what I was kind of looking at. And, and it's white and shiny. White and shiny. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um. So this seems to be like the first written description um, currently recognized. It that was in 1700s. Yeah, I know. That's 1700s. insane. I know. Seriously, like all of these things that we. But like, I'm under. I'm not understanding how he saw the ovaries. Well, because wasn't it like against the rules? Oh, okay. Now I have to think about that because I didn't. I did not research that piece of history. well you don't have to that would sound part of it but i'm just curious there must have been yeah you're right i'm like he's progressive because it was okay. against the rules in some places it was so maybe he was in a more progressive place yeah because it didn't say anywhere that these people got this information um illegally or by 
um, mm-hmm. immoral meanings right. of the time. Sure. <clears throat> anyway, so but that was a great question. Didn't yeah. Think about it. Um, I couldn't find many other details about this particular story you mentioned. That was pretty much what I multiple sources kind of told that same story, just like okay. that. Um. So then, yeah, that was in 1721. So we're going to go a whole century forward. Okay. Um, I am going to throw out a bunch of names and stuff. The literature, I was having a really hard time, like, figuring out who these people were. Okay. But from what I can figure is that most of these people were gynecologists at the time. Okay. And um, they were physicians or pathologists or um, they were in trained in medicine. Okay. So we're just going to go with We're going to stick with that. Yep. Okay. Um, so Sheru... Sheru. And Rokitansky. Wow. Yeah. That's a mouthful. Yeah. They um, described their observation of abnormal ovaries. And this was again in 1844. Um, they mentioned that they they actually uh, coined the term sclerotic disease of the ovary. And that kind of stuck for a little bit, which is actually sclerotic, meaning yeah. that there was like, like a hardening. Yeah. So there was like a, yeah. So maybe I wonder if it, you know, when it gets big, then it's um, firmer. Yeah. So that would make sense to me, but that's how they described it a century later. Um, And they were enlarged and encased in a pearly white sclerotic capsule. That's kind of how they described it. Uh So it very similar to um, Valisneri. Okay. Description. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Before... The 1900s, these sclerotic ovaries were deemed diseased. Right. So there was some progression that happened in the 1900s, um, and they were often removed. So they were doing surgeries during this time. Oh, that's probably, we're probably just doing surgeries. So they're just going in and removing these women's they, sur- there's they ovaries? Were, they, were, they were, yes, they were doing these abdominal surgeries during this time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, but the then, menopause that ensued. Uh, Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there wasn't any like hormonal. Oofta. 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 Yeah. So there was probably a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of really um, distraught and ups- like. Um, well, just like um, after sequelae that people yes, didn't, thank you. Yes. you know, recognize would occur. Yeah. Like, you know, the side effects. Yeah, side effects. That's what the word that, that I was trying to get. I was, yeah, the side effects that occur after doing something that we're not quite sure yeah, of. It's like yeah. experimental almost. Yeah, Because, yeah. Huh. you know, we were given ovaries for a reason. Um, and they can cause they, trouble. They do cause trouble. So, yep, you know, they they're not always trouble, welcome. They secrete hormones, which we'll talk about. I mean, later yeah. in actually episode two, we'll talk a lot more about that. Because okay. it's very hormonally driven. Yes. Um, as far as I can tell. So they would do these oophorectomies. Now, these that's one of my favorite words. Oophorectomy. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's just an oophorectomy. <laughs> <laughs> well, a salpingo-oophorectomy, right? That Wait, would be like the two salpingo oophorectomy. Yeah. It's, I, I'm just, t- we're talking about this in my. Uh, salpingectomy sal- is my favorite word ever. Okay, well then our favorite word is a mix because mine is salpingoferectomy. Like that's removal of the tubes and the ovaries. And it's just such a fun word to say. And it kind of defies the medical term building rules. It really does because it comes from it's where? Like, there's three O's, I think. No. Salpingo. Oh, salpingo. But then it's a you, dash. But if you. Oophorectomy. Well, it's a dash. It's a, it's a hyphen. Yeah. Salpingo oophorectomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you build the words, <laughs> you keep that combining O. And, and so you really just, there's three O's. It's together. like, ooh. It. Yeah. 
Like a moo. Like a moo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a shoe, but Not a, a shoe. A I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that was great. Not a shoe, a moo. That's how you spell it. That's yeah. how you guys remember now. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, so in 1879, Lawson Tate. Again, I'm not sure what he did. Lawson Tate. Lawson is Tate. Lawson the first name? Yeah. That's a, a cool name. Really cool name. <laughs> Lawson Tate. He seems like a, I don't know, like a cowboy that would walk into the bar with his traps and his spurs. <laughs> I'm Lawson Tate. Let's play poker. I don't know okay. why. <laughs> My brain didn't go there, but you okay. know, that's well, why we all have different brains. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, So in 1879, Lawson Tate, he suggested the need for bilateral bilateral oophorectomies to treat symptomatic cystic degeneration of the ovaries. Oh, that was wise. And so removing both of the ovaries. Um, According to um, literature by Maurice Katz, um, in 1985, a man named Waldo. Okay, this is where things are getting a little wild. <laughs> he was the first to recommend an ovarian wedge resection. Uh, I'm sorry. I know. I mentioned this to you the other day, and you weren't familiar with it. And so then I was thinking, I don't think they do this very often anymore. I'm not really sure what that they is. Did. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Do I know what that is? Well, I don't know. Basically. Um, a wedge. Okay, go ahead. They're going to remove part of the um, diseased ovary, and then that will stimulate this hormonal production. Hmm. That's the theory behind it. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I couldn't figure out. Where's Waldo? Waldo? That's what I put in my notes. <laughs> I was going to say that. Where's Waldo? My joke. <laughs> Who's Waldo? Who's Waldo? Who's the Waldo? Where is Waldo? What's going on with Waldo? But I, so I found two sources that mentioned Waldo and, um, and described him as removing these small cysts from the patient's ovaries um, and this wedge resection. So he, there's two sources that cited him as um, somebody who did this resection. I wonder if that's first. the same as like taking um, a cyst like a hemorrhagic cyst. Is that a wedge and we How just call it that? different? What do they do for that? Well, they just remove the cyst off the... I've not been a part of that. I don't really know the technical stuff, but... When I was looking at pictures, it was an actual, like, wedge. So they cut off, like, a portion. They cut out a portion. Like That's a pie a pie wedge. Yeah, I thought of it like an orange wedge. A pie wedge, orange wedge. <laughs> You're healthy. I'm not. <laughs> Whatever. Way to call me out. That's fine. I've never called a piece of pie a wedge. <laughs> I just called a piece of pie. But, you know, people refer to orange wedges, don't they? Yes. Yep. Do you call your piece, do you ask for a pie wedge? No. No, I was just thinking that a pie has the shape of a wedge. You are pointing to, you are using a triangle with your fingers, and I was like, oh, like a pie wedge. But... Oh yeah, because no, then it would look like because a pie. you were that doing look, that. You're right, it looks like a piece of. And pie that and doesn't look like an orange at it all. Doesn't. In it fact, doesn't. you're right. So Megan's just trying to make me look I was trying to ridiculous. Trick her. I was just trying to trick her. Okay, all right. 
How do I move on from that? Okay. I don't know. Good luck. Um. Oh, in the you want to know what the textbook's called? The textbook that I was reading. This four hundred page plus. I don't know how many pages it was. It was definitely two two hundred, I think. Okay, so this textbook um, just refers to several clinicians that were doing this resection of the ovaries, the swedry section. Oh, and they also like bring it back together and suture it back together. They don't just like take out a wedge and. Oh, okay. Out. Sorry, I didn't explain that. Um, Doesn't it just grow back? Well, it yeah, it likely does. Okay. Because um, it's again, it's this is something that like unless you figure out what the underlying causes, how do you? And then back get, then it had to have been. Cure. Had yeah. an open abdominal surgery. Yeah, it had to have been. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, but the wedge also like stimulates. Um, it would be used for treatment of infertility. Sure. Specifically, because yeah. it will help to uh, the hormones going to release the egg. Yep. <clears throat> but this textbook just talks about um, uh, several clinicians um, doing these resections, but then that just contradicts contradicted some other things and other texts. So I will tell you, I have no idea who did this resection first sure. and we're just going to move on. We don't really care who did it first, just that it was done, which is fascinating. It's interesting. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Cause I really, I was like a detective. I was a, I'm a terrible detective. <laughs> you went into the right profession, my dear. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Thanks for that reinsurance. But something cool that happened. Um, Christina's adjusting the microphone. We've put multiple episodes without you having to do that. Okay. Is that I, th I think so. Um, after the procedure, menstruation returned in um, almost 90% of women, because that's, we'll talk more about symptoms and stuff, but that's one of them. And 65% of them became pregnant. Wow. So when you're, so that, I mean, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Fancy. Um, yeah. In, the early 1900s, there were a lot of critics that did not love this ovarian wedge resection because it was very invasive, you mm -hmm. know? And if you think about um, just risks of infection and stuff like that and all of the different things that come from surgery, yeah. you know, I'm sure that there were lots this of... major abdominal surgery. Yeah, right. Um, huh. I know. So in 1915, John A. McGlynn... Um, he thought just puncturing the, I quote, those cysts which are upon the surface would be a better way. So he suggested just puncturing them. Okay. Um, according to Stein just... and Le Leventhal, I put too many names in here. I should have let all, left all the names out of my notes and just said these guys. But um, anyway, these <laughs> two guys were, <laughs> they were uh, two gynecologists. They did, the article did define who they were. Um, they were, these guys were the ones who were, um, suggested to first, um, do this ovarian resection. Okay. So it's either between them and Waldo. I don't know if you guys go figure it out. Anyway. Um, so I don't know if they were actually, you know, Christina's like, what are you talking about? This is how this felt to me. Researching this felt like I had no idea what I was reading. And now I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Like, you do, but no. you just Stein and Leventhal and Waldo. I don't know who it was. They lived in two different like decades. I mean, <laughs> oh, but I will tell you that Stein and Leventhal were declared as kind of the 
the experts and they were the uh, researchers of the time. Okay. So they were, they like multiple sources in literature really kind of declared them as like people who know what they the were people. doing. The people yeah. who know what they were doing. Um, they did, they, they did a study actually, or they presented like a retroactive study, I think. And it was a very small cohort of people, seven. <laughs> okay. As a case study. Okay. But they all had, all seven women had uh, similar signs and symptoms. Okay. And this was published in 1935. I don't oh, think I said that. So it wasn't fancy. Too terribly long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had symptoms of menstruation disturbances, either irregular menses or uh, no menses. Um, they have hirsutism. So that's like hair that grows in places you don't want hair to grow. Like so your I, face and things like that if you're a woman. I used to never be able to say that word and so then a physician I, don't think I said it right a physician that i worked with said it's like a suit her suitism her suitism oh, i think i did say it right her yeah mm-hmm. did i her suitism okay yeah and i will never forget it because i was like trying to say you know me yeah i'm trying to say the word yeah. feeling flustered and he's like it's actually her suitism do you remember what you Suit. were saying no, nope. no. Okay. <laughs> if I do, I wouldn't say it. Okay. No, I really don't because um, I forget hirsutism. It's okay, just say hirsutism. Right. Maybe trick your brain. I can't remember, but anyway, yeah. hirsutism. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I know this is off topic, but we I teach about HIPAA. Yes, and so people often are like, you get the P's, and is there two P's or two A's? And I show this little video. It's the funniest type of video ever. It's whoever made it is a genius. But they're like, it's HIPAA. <laughs> and so now my students, they all remember. HIPAA. HIPAA. Two, Two A's. A's. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. So also um, another symptom that they had or sign was enlarged ovaries with the presence of many small follicles. Mm-hmm. Or so um, did you have something? No. No. Okay. I did clear my throat. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, it's not... <laughs> It wasn't described um, if the women were all observed during the same time period or if um, the surgical intervention occurred over like an extended length of time, like if they had multiple procedures of this um, wedge resection. Uh Um, But they did find that after these women had um, this resection, this is what they had published, that all seven women in this study um, regained their menses and two were able to get pregnant. Oh, yeah. So interesting. So I didn't actually do the math compared to the other statistics that I had given you, which was that's not 65%. But they're not the same. Oh, they're yeah, right. Exactly. You can't compare them. They're not. It's like apples and um, and corn chips. Corn chips. Yeah. Yeah. At least apples and oranges are round, but corn chips and apples aren't. So they're no. And they're very much not even in the same family. So anyway, you know, like, take what you want from that. The wedge section, I think, did offer um, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because like there wasn't a lot of hormonal treatments going on. Yeah. Those. I'm going to have to ask my OBGYNs that I work with if they have ever heard or done it because I yeah. might work with one that's done it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I'll talk okay. to her about it when she yeah. comes back from um, the little trip. So during this time, physicians and scientists were trying to figure out the cause because it does affect a fair amount of women And there were multiple theories thrown around. Okay. So I'm just going to go through some of these. So inflammation, congestion, and dystrophy. That was a theory. 
um, abnormal hormonal stimulation and regulation. Um, this was actually confirmed to be a component. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, hormonal regulation is definitely something that they can yep. um, attribute to this. Um, in 1958, investigators, um, these the investigators, I'm talking about um, these guys back here, Stein and Leventhal. Yeah. They um, were the first to describe an increased level of luteinizing hormone. Oh, so they were able to specifically identify the it's actual hormones. And it's that was crazy in 1958. Yeah. Um, and also um, keto steroids, which are a byproduct product of androgen hormone breakdown in, in the urine of women with bilateral cystic ovaries. So they were able to just have them do a little urine yeah. test and see, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then increased luteinizing hormone and testosterone levels were considered critical in diagnosing PCOS during this time. So they actually had a pretty good idea of kind of maybe what was causing it. Yeah. But that was just one theory. Um, laboratory tests did have limitations during this time. And so most women were diagnosed based on their clinical presentation and symptoms. Yeah. So not necessarily like uh, everyone coming in with these problems were not getting tests yeah. necessarily because there just wasn't the resources and availability. So <clears throat> moving forward a few decades. A few. Yeah. In 1985, Judith Adams, um, she was working in London. She just determined the ultrasound parameters for diagnosing PCOS. So now we are able to introduce imaging, yeah. which really helps to, um, you know, just as a piece of the puzzle, instead of having to go in and basically mm -hmm. and things. Um, and this was interesting. I'm, I'm going to clarify this, but her original kind of um, what her original research based on this showed was that 23% of the female population um, had some form of PCOS during the reproductive years. I know you're looking at me because you're like, that sounds really high. Well, yeah. Or just like, it's really challenging to diagnose PCOS as well. So yeah. it's a good thought. It is. a. It was a good thought. So a study done in 1991, just several years later, not very much longer, um, they compared the use of transvaginal ah. ultrasound because she was using transabdominal ultrasound to get the, those numbers. Yeah. And then this proved the presence of many falsely negative results. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or falsely positive. That's what I meant. Okay. That's what I meant. It was falsely like, positive okay, yeah. results. Yeah. Um, yeah. And out of 30... In 30% of those 23%. So then that oh, knocked shoot. it right. that, so that really knocked really it big, down. Yeah, it really knocked it down. Okay. So. Well, um, yeah, and getting like a vaginal is right next to the ovary versus mm -hmm. abdominal, which yeah. is really hard. Yeah. You know, there's and, lots of other yeah. things to see in there. Right. You know, and it's just a tiny little thing. It is. Yeah. Um, so progress made in um, ultrasound diagnosis did. Um, with, uh, <laughs> she's broken words? she's <laughs> broken uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what was wrong with me what was i doing when so, i was writing this hold on um, yeah. let me just say something about your notes so one time i saw megan's notes and i am so ocd about like if there's anything underlined or if it's not like in the proper <laughs> formatting i have to fix it megan on the other hand it could be a completely run-on sentence there could be red and blue lines everywhere and she's like i know what i mean and it just well and it usually works for me today so, actually i have zero red lines or anything in this what is my maybe that's the problem <laughs> 
Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. So this is funny. And because usually it's me stuttering (laughs) over myself and I can't figure out my life. And now I'm struggling. I'm I'm, I'm struggling. You're on the struggle bus. It's okay. The history of PCOS. I'm telling you, it's this big whirlwind of PCOS. This is how people feel Yes. with, well, probably not so humorous. Um, they just, it's a, it's a hot mess. It is. On a, a good day. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. It is really frustrating. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. I, right. I'm here for you. Oh, thank you. Good. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to read my sentence because it actually doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Basically, what I was trying to say is that there was lots of ultrasound uh, technology progression. Right. Okay. That then just um, help to define ultrasound criteria for diagnosing. Okay. See, that's I shouldn't read my notes. No, you should, should just, just go. You should go just say it. what you I know. I just looked at you and got out what yeah. I needed to. Anyway. And I wasn't telling her what to say either, I promise. Like <laughs> like I do with my daughter when she's giving a presentation. I'm like, like how many? Yeah. And like, I'm like mouthing it. <laughs> So um, almost a, one quarter of the population had the appearance of polycystic ovary, uh, ovaries when examined via ultrasound, but more than half of them had no other clinical signs and symptoms. Wow. So a lot of us may have, mm-hmm. you know, um, this issue to a mild degree that doesn't yeah. necessarily interfere. Um, these women um, are referred to have polycystic ovaries, but not necessarily syndrome. Okay. So if you have one or two, you know, some people do, right? They'll just develop one or two um, cysts and, but not the actual syndrome. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole list of names that this has been called over the years. I'm just going to go through it. Oh, wow. A list? A list. Okay. Like, there's a big list. And this is found throughout all of the literature. Okay. So um, polycystic o- o- polycystic ovaries disorder, which is kind of a Wow, that's hard to say. say. Yeah. Um, a syndrome of polycystic ovaries. So let's just okay. flop words. Uh, functional ovary androgenism. Okay. Hyperandrogenic. Androgenic. Okay. Okay. Chronic anovulation. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, obviously. I don't know why I put that in the middle. Chronic anovulation is a symptom, not a... Diagnosis is the problem. You're right. Mm-hmm. It is. It's yeah. just a symptom. It's not a diagnosis. Um, ovarian dysmetabolic syndrome. Because we're going to talk a little bit Metab- more about oh, metabolic gosh. syndrome. You didn't go into metabolic I, syndrome. Well, I did a little bit because it Oof. actually is really related. To it this, is so. very much related, but it's another ball of wax. I did not go deep into metabolic syndrome. We should interview so people on that. Things yeah. With that, like, that's not related to PCOS. Yeah. Um. The, oh, we'll talk more about that in the next episode, I think. And then um, sclerotic polycystic ovarian <laughs> syndrome, um, which we did talk a little bit about. And then, yeah, that's it. And then I repeated myself again. Sorry. Uh, Christina moved the <laughs> <laughs> microphone towards me, and I literally just moved it away. I don't know <laughs> what she was doing. Because <laughs> it's in my mouth. I- we are a hot mess today. Uh, I literally gently moved it and she like moved it back. I know. I gently moved it. (laughs) Okay. So in the early 1990s, Christina. Okay, we're in the 1990s. Yeah, we've been in the 1990s. This is great. Do we have fluffy pants? 
MC Hammer? Oh, Wasn't yeah. he in the oh, 90s? The yes. I think he's was Is kind it of in, in the, the late 80s? 80s. Whatever. So not the MC Hammer. Pants. In the 90s, I was where we were wearing the um we called them that's what we called them, right? People puffed pants. What did we call them? Puff pants? Wind pants. Wind pants. Wind pants. pants. You know, the you know, like the yes, you swear. Well, that was just yeah. thing to wear. Like, okay, anyway, yeah, okay. So, at a conference in the Netherlands, uh, no, sorry, in the 1990s, <laughs> the <na> <laughs> in the early 1990s, the National Institute of Health sponsored a conference where they there was a formal diagnostic criteria that was criteria that was proposed. Yeah, um, which I thought is really cool. And so it's it's it was largely utilized afterwards, and it's known as the NIH criteria. Okay. So, um, according to this criteria, PCOS is defined as unexplained hyperandrogenic anovulation. Mm -hmm. So this is yeah. Um, if you have two of three, right? There's a table. Yep. I, so yep. Let me get there. Oh shoot! No, sorry. Right there yet? Okay. Okay. Because then later on, okay. So in two thousand three. Uh -huh. um, so 13 years later, okay. I did my math right. Um, there was another conference in the Netherlands, and this is where the current criteria Okay, comes yeah, from. okay. So um, it was called the Rotterdam yes. criteria. And it was um, developed and incorporated um, the ultrasound-determined size and morphology of the ovary into diagnostic criteria. Okay. So the Rotterdam definition is a bit wider than um, the NIH criteria mm -hmm. and just incorporates more patients. Okay. Um, so you have to have, according to their criteria, you have to have two of the three. Like yes. Um, in order to make an actual PCOS diagnosis. diagnosis. Yep. Okay. So one, rare ovulations or lack of ovulation. An ovulation. An ovulation. Or irregular menses. Or irregular menses. She's just taking the words out of my mouth. My apologies. she knows it by heart already. Just a little bit. Okay. Number two, excessive activity of androgens confirmed by clinical or laboratory examination. So this is specific hormones. Excess um, testosterone. Excess testosterone, yeah. And then number three, features of polycystic ovaries in the ultrasound after the exclusion of other pathologies or diseases or things um, characterized by hyperandrogenism. So that excess in that testosterone. Um, More than 12. Okay. I did not have a number. So there you More go. More than 12. That's the 12. Cis follicles. Oh, 12 cis. Okay. Yeah. Good. Sorry. <clears throat> very good. Yeah. So you have to have two. Of three of those. Mm -hmm. I should just let Christina. No, you shouldn't because that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know. That's why I was talking so much because it's one thing I know. Yeah, no, that was yeah. great. Well, do you have anything to add to that? No, that's great. Okay, because that is the current and most clinical. Mm -hmm. um, that's the clinical criteria that you use, right? Yep. To diagnose that. Mm -hmm. Well, that was it for episode one. That's the history. That's wonderful. I don't know. That was terrible. I'm sorry. I did you know, I did not do the history of PCOS justice. I felt like I was all over the place and I actually don't know anything. I hope you guys learned one thing. I think they will. I learned about a wedge. The wedge resection. I, you okay. know, I didn't really know about that. Yeah. And I think that it's important to get a baseline because I feel like history is fun. It is fun. I really love to talk about it. Even though it's confusing. One. But think about like, okay, so we think about history in a way of modern. Yeah. Like we have access to information yeah. in a moment yeah. from our phone in the middle of the road, in the middle of the wilderness. Yeah. Okay. 
these individuals, they had, nothing. they had nothing like that. Yeah. They had to wait for something to be published yeah. and then to be like transmitted across the yeah. country via the, the donkey post. The donkey post. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like, of course it's going to be challenging to figure it all out. Yeah. And then and, historically like recording everything. Right. And again. the fact that you, you dove into it, man, I give you all the kudos in oh, the world. Well, you're very sweet. I, I regretted it immediately, but I was already in it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I was just really happy that you did it because PCOS as a provider has always been daunting to me. Yeah. And um, I work with colleagues that understand it so much more than I do yeah. um, because it's a special it's like you could study PCOS in and of itself yes. and have it be something you major in. Yeah. If you totally. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. People um, spend their entire careers. Yes, and learning about it because it's to figure it out. Yes, it's so involved and it yeah. involves multiple systems. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, good it job. Is, it is quite. Oh, thank you. You're very sweet. Um. Part two though will be much more organized, and I I feel better about my research. Okay. That that's good. That's solid. Okay. Well, you know, it's solid when we have like actual, actual information. information, right? Because <laughs> you're trying to give a history based on. The 17, 18, 19, 1900s of it all. Yep. Really? Okay. Well, thank you, you know? for being so gracious. Of course. That's they didn't even thing. have a toilet. A running water toilet back then. That's true. Well, I mean, maybe they did. When did toilets come in? I don't know. I just think about... Um, sometimes people ask me things, and I'm and I might mostly Micaiah sometimes. I'm just like, oh, I'm a nurse. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when... Oh, she was asking me about... Specific questions about electricity. Okay, my sister. Oh. She wanted to know specific things about electricity and about these power lines and how they're all transmitted and how oh. they work. And I said, I I don't know about all that because <laughs> I'm a nurse. But then she actually started to describe what she knew, which is more than I knew. So good job for school. You know what? School's great. School's I great. realized my daughter did a project on crystals. Yes, you learned a lot. And I did. And if you um, put enough pressure on some types of crystals, it forms electricity. Interesting. Mm -hmm. okay. I had no idea. Well, maybe her and Micaiah can discuss that next time. And you. also, really cool fun fact. Did you know that there's only 30 known red diamonds? on earth i guess i didn't even know there was one red diamond i know they're worth five what is How it can there five be so few million or billion dollars i can't remember million wow. dollars so for one a... gram for one gram of a red diamond okay so if you find a red diamond you're you're not on. gonna find a red diamond i feel like they oh. don't exist <laughs> there's 30 known that's wild is that crazy yeah who's hiding the red diamonds yeah where's that mine yeah Let's go find it. Wow, that's really interesting. I, I know. I was like, how? She's done the darn thing. I know. Now she knows about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Anyway. That's what happens when you learn stuff. You know about stuff. That's why we're doing this, I to keep exactly. learning. Not necessarily about diamonds, but yeah. Um, I think we're, I, I think people got something out of this, even if okay. it was a laugh. <laughs> was, okay. Probably that's all they got out of this. But <laughs> anyway, part two. It's on its way. Yes. Stay tuned. Yep. Don't forget to share your stories. Yeah, share your stories if you want to be entered into that drawing for some free merch. Got until the end of the month. Yep. Hurry it up. Oh, and tell your friends about us, huh? Yeah. Hey, get think, us out there. I don't think we ever asked anyone to do that. Uh, no, but tell us. Yeah. I mean, wait, don't tell us. If we you, know about us. Yeah. If you. <laughs> but if you want to, you know, tell a leave friend. a review. Leave a us, review. Us, yes. Us. That would be great.
Yeah. We hope that you guys feel enlightened today. We do. We want you to spread love and laughter. Bye. Bye.